welcome to the January 18th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. So I'm recording this kind of midway through the last day in week four, and it's been a bit of a mixed week for me. As always, I've had a couple of games that are coming right the way down to the wire. There are some that I still don't know which way they're going to go, but out of my seven, it looks as I'm going to get the win in five, looks like I'm going to get a draw in one, and it looks like I'm going to lose in another. Bit frustrating. The ones that I am struggling with are the ones that I continue to struggle with out of the five that I think I said last week as well. Those are the five that I've won this week as well. There's two that I'm, I'm kind of towards the middle or towards the bottom of, and I've just been absolutely decimated with injuries, with COVID. I think in, in one of my leagues, I've had 17 games missed this week due to COVID. A couple of Suns players, a couple I've got Lauren Market in. I've got at Bam Adebayo. It just, yeah, was not pretty. There's only so much you can do with that. Everybody gets affected. The guy that I played had similar numbers as well. So you kind of just got to take the good with the bad. Know that some weeks you are going to get the win because of that. Other weeks you are going to lose because of that as well. Similar to what I mentioned on the, the COVID podcast that I had. If you get the chance and you need to drop a, a player who's playing okay to make sure that you can secure the win, I would absolutely say do so. But anyway, that was another podcast. What an entertaining week we have had in the NBA. Massive, massive news about the James Harden trade. Somehow, don't know how he's done it. On the flight on the way across to Brooklyn, he's managed to lose 15 kilos or shed the fat suit that he was wearing and then run out a 30-point triple-double alongside 42 from KD. Massive, massive, massive debut. If you have been holding on to Harden and you've been waiting for Harden to to do some of his numbers, some of his numbers that have got him to the top spot in fantasy, that is exactly what you've been waiting for and exactly what you've been wanting to see. So it'll be good to see him moving forward. Be interesting to see how it all works with Kyrie's return, which I think is impending, um, but it looks really, really promising from Brooklyn's side. Before we get cracking onto the podcast, thank you very, very much to everybody who has subscribed. Mentioned it a couple ago. I am now targeting 100 subscribers now that I've ticked over the 75. So if you are listening for the first time, please click the button and subscribe and follow. If you are listening and you are a return listener, thank you very much for your ongoing support. So on to the waiver wire and updates podcast. So as always, I'm going to run through some injuries. I'm going to run through some sell-high guys. I'm going to run through some buy-low candidates as well as go through the schedule and the best waivers to pick up this week. So the injuries, Russell Westbrook. So he has hurt his left quad. I've seen a couple of different reports here. So one has been that he's going to be reevaluated next week and he's not that far off. The other one has been that he's could be three to four weeks. I'm going to take it somewhere in the middle and say he's going to be reevaluated next week and that he could be three to four weeks out. It is tough because he is an absolute stat monster whenever he's on the court. But if you've got Bradley Beal, you've got to be happy about Russell Westbrook being out because Beal is an absolute juggernaut whenever he's got the side to himself. Yusuf Nurkic, unfortunately, he's fractured his right wrist and he's out for eight weeks. The most disappointing thing about this is that he was starting to put together a couple of really good games. He was almost in cruise control to start the year. He was playing low minutes and wasn't getting the usage. And then all of a sudden he woke up and 
started playing some really good games, put together three or four really good games, and unfortunately, he's now gone down. Injured, eight weeks. I don't think he's a drop in most leagues. If you can, shoulder the load if you've got a couple of IR spots. If you are struggling and you have got a couple of injured players, maybe float a couple of trades and get some low ball offers because I think he's going to come back and he's going to come back strong. It's just obviously the eight weeks of him being out. Joel Embiid, he's out or day-to-day supposedly with some right knee pain. We know that Embiid does like to miss time, so do keep an eye on that one. But Dwight Howard, he's the one to pick up there. I wouldn't say that Embiid's going to be out for too long. Lonzo Ball, right knee tendonitis. Again, I don't think he's going to be out too long. He has been given about a game-to-game or week timeline with that injury. Jaron Jackson Jr. So for any owners of Jaron Jackson Jr., you will understand how frustrating it is that we haven't had any updates in 2021. We've just got one. He spoke himself. He said he's not too far away. Supposedly, he has a timeline and that it's going to sneak up on a lot of people. If this came from the coach, if this came from the physio, I would be a little bit more optimistic. He's always going to say that he is sooner rather than later. But I would say it's probably a couple of weeks. It could be half a week out here, but I reckon we're looking at the start of Feb for JJJ to hit the court. Now, he's not going to hit the court and put out the numbers that you're expecting straight away. He's going to be on a heavy minute restrictions. I don't reckon he's going to hit above 20 minutes for about a month. But the good news is he's going to be out on the court. So that's what you want. That's as soon as he hits the court and as soon as he's got a concrete timetable and he's eyeing off a certain game, that's when you could potentially look at, at either trading him in or trading him out, depending on your preferences. Karis Levert. So this is a, a bizarre one and it's um, it's really, really sad. So as part of the trades with James Harden, Karis Levert was shipped off to Indiana. Part of that process is obviously doing a physical to make sure that their body is fine and it's kind of doesn't really reveal too many things normally. But unfortunately for Karis Levert, it has revealed that he's got a small mass on his kidney. We don't really know what that is right now, whether it is something that is going to be really dangerous or whether or not it is going to be something that is um, going to only leave him out a little bit. But right now, they've kind of ruled him out indefinitely. I suppose the it's super sad and we... Obviously, hope that Karis Levert makes a speedy recovery and that everything is going to be okay. The silver lining is that if he wasn't traded, I don't know whether or not they would have found this. It's not too often that you get MRIs on your kidneys. So, if he wasn't part of the trade, then he could have been living with this for for a long time. And if it is dangerous, then it could have got more dangerous. So, silver lining there. Hopefully, Karis is okay. But in terms of your fantasy side, yeah, he's out indefinitely. John Wall, left knee soreness. Who really knows with John Wall? They're not going to take too many risks with him. They're going to bring him back whenever he's healthy just because of his history. So I would be a little bit suspicious that he could miss quite a bit more time. He hasn't really been given a timetable, so just be mindful of that. Darius Garland, so his shoulder has has left him out for seven games already. Again, they haven't really given us too many updates here, which is a little bit scary, and they're ruling him out multiple games in advance which is even more scary. I think he's probably going to miss maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe 14 games in total. It is, he's a young guy, so they're not going to take any risks. 
Cleveland certainly, as well as they've been playing, they certainly haven't been playing well enough that they're going to be playoffs or making a run at a championship. So they do have to keep an eye on their youth. So I wouldn't be surprised if they took their time with Darius Garland as well. His playmate is Colin Sexton. So he's missed five games already with an ankle injury, but he looks really close. So if you've got him, then I would be expecting that he's going to play at least one, maybe a couple of games this week. So on to some sell-high options. So each week, I like to reel off the three people who, if you've got, now would be the good time to sell if you don't have too much faith in them. Coincidentally, I've got a couple of these, and if you are in my leagues, then you're probably going to see a couple of offers come from me. So the first one I've got is Laurie Markkinen. So Markkinen has been out with an ankle or calf injury to start the year, and then he was out with COVID or COVID tracing, which has been very, very frustrating for a lot of owners. But he's come back and he's come back and played two games and he's looked amazing. 35 minutes and 33 minutes against OKC. He had 16 and 6 with two blocks and a steal. And then today's game against Dallas in 33 minutes, he had 29 points, 10 rebounds and three assists, no defensive stats. So with Markinen, if he's on the court, you know that he's going to produce. He's going to get your high team points. He's going to get your seven or eight rebounds. He's going to chip in for a steal. He's going to chip in for half a block or 0.7 of a block. He He's pretty good on the percentages as well. He's going to be kind of your, your 46, 47% on the field goal and decent from the line. The issue that you've got with Laurie Markkinen is that he's really struggled to stay healthy. Obviously, this year, he's already been down and we're only four weeks in. Last year, he was out for quite a bit of time and just couldn't string it together when it came to injuries. So I've seen a couple of sites talk about how he's a buy low option. To be honest, I'm saying he's a sell high option. He's not somebody that I would necessarily want in my team long term. Yes, he's going to produce, but you know how risk adverse I am whenever it comes to injuries. So while he's healthy, if somebody is happy to take a punt on him, I'll happily take a low ball offer to not too low, but I'll happily take a lower offer to make sure that I can lock up somebody who's nice and healthy. The next person on my list is Brandon Clark. So Brandon Clark, I drafted him, I dropped him, I picked him up, I dropped him again. Now I don't have him while he's playing well. So he started off with minutes in kind of the the mid-20s. He was coming back from an injury last year, so they were bringing him in with the second unit. But he's looked really, really good in the last week or so. He's up to 31 and a half minutes per game. He's averaging 15 points, eight rebounds, two assists and two steals over the last seven days. And he looks really, really good. The concern being JJJ has now said that he's not too far away. So do they leave him in the starting lineup? Do they leave Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup? JJJ is obviously going to be in the starting lineup. So somebody needs to make room. It's going to be hard not to put Kyle Anderson in there. He's playing so well. So I think that Brandon Clark is going to take a bit of a hit. So while he is playing well, if you can add him into another trade, if he can be your your little extra one to get a, a bigger trade over the line, maybe have a look at that. But I don't necessarily think that his stats are going to get too much better with obviously JJJ not too far away. And obviously we saw the, the return of Jar Morant as well. Finally, Kyrie Irving. And he is, he is a tricky one. Whenever he's out on the court, you know how good he is, but we just saw that he just decided that he wasn't going to be a part of the team. So he left and didn't communicate with anybody, didn't 
really give any reasons as to why. There was just been kind of rumors going around. There's now this conspiracy theory that he was concerned that they weren't going to win the championship and they needed another piece. And he was concerned that they were going to potentially use him as a trade to get James Harden. So he self-tanked his own trade potential by going off the rails. Now, Kyrie is a Kyrie's a smart guy. He's a he's an interesting cat, but I don't think he's capable of doing that. I think that is very, very risky. But either way, he's now going to be back into the team. Whether he serves a couple of days in quarantine, we will find out. But I would be very keen to move him if I owned him. If you can sell some naive owners on the fact that it's Kyrie Irving, he starts sort themselves out. He's going to play a couple of games and he's going to get some big numbers to prove a point. I would then be trying desperately to get rid of him. If you can flick him over for a Devin Booker, great. If you can flick him over for a Malcolm Brogdon, even better. I would be very, very keen to get rid of Kyrie Irving if I had him. So on to the buy low guys. Now, the aforementioned Devin Booker, he is the top person on my list. So I've got I've got a bunch of guards this week and they're not necessarily playing horribly, but they're not playing great either. And they're coming in a bit of a, of a down stretch. So this is where you are presented with an opportunity to to get them maybe around lower than what you normally would. So Devin Book is the first one that I've got on my list. Now, if you read out his stats of 23 points, 49% from the field, 82% from the line, two threes, four and a half assists, a steal and a bit, and four turnovers, you think, it's not too bad. It could be worse, certainly could be better. But he has just come off a, a week where the Suns haven't played. He has been he's come off a game where he's had zero assists and he is averaging four turnovers. If you're in a nine category league, that is going to frustrate owners quite a lot. If you're in an eight category league, obviously ignore that. But whenever you, people were drafting Devin Booker in the second round, whether it's early second or late second, you were certainly hoping for more than 23 and 4. You were thinking maybe 27, 28, and maybe 6. And I do think that Devin Booker will get there. He is a proven game winner. He is somebody who loves the big time. And we saw that in the bubble. We saw that in the latter half of last year. Devin Booker is going to be the man, and he is going to show that he's the man whenever he comes back. If you have an opportunity to buy low on Devin Booker, now is the time to do so. Trey Young, he's the second one I've got on my list. So Trey Young is one of my favorites. He is somebody that I wish I had in more places. He's averaging 23 points. He's averaging eight and a half assists. He's only averaging 1.53 pointers, which is ludicrous, but he is averaging 39% from the field. That is horrible. Over the last seven days, it gets even worse. About a week ago, there was a report of a, of a beef in the in the locker room between Trey and John Collins. John Collins thinks that Trey puts up too many shots early in the shot count. I don't disagree with that. I think that some of the shots he puts up are he has about sixteen heat checks a quarter. He puts up a lot of shots. He puts up a lot of probably misguided shots. He he does think that he's Steph Curry. He's not Steph Curry. So John Collins has kind of got a point. But Atlanta have invested so heavily into Trey Young that he's going to continue to do whatever he wants. And as he matures as a basketballer in the NBA, his shot selection will get better and his use of the ball will get better. But that is that beef has has thrown him a bit. 
over the last seven days, he's only averaging 18.5 points, 32% from the field, 8.7 assists, fine, 1.3 triples. Trey is way too good to be kept down for so long. He's He will get better. And if you can get him at a discount, if you can get him for a – he's a first-round guy. If you can get him for a second-round guy, then I would absolutely be inclined to do that. Right now, if you had Kyrie Irving and you could get Trey Young for him, do that. Do not even hesitate. Get that trade done. Trey, whenever he's playing well, he's a 30-10 and 10 sort of guy and he is a weak winner. So if you can get him at a discount – do so if you've got players or you've got teams in your league who are struggling and they've got Trey Young, float them an offer because Trey Young is frustrating at the moment, but he will turn it around. And finally, the last guard that I've got is Fred Van Vliet. So Van Vliet is in a similar vein to Devin Booker, where he is really struggling, but also a similar vein to Trey Young, where he's not getting his shots to drop. All three of those guys are getting their volume. They're just not getting their total results that you'd hope for. Van Vliet, he is historically not a great shooter. He is only 43% from the field over his career, but 33% over the last seven days is woeful. 15.8 points, 7.3 assists, only gotten to the line on average once a game over the last seven days. 0.3 steals. Van Vliet is somebody who's going to get you two steals a game. He's going to get you seven assists. He's going to get you 20, 21, 22 points a game. Yeah, the field goal percentage is not going to be great. It's only going to be 43, 44%. But you really get him because he is such a good hustling defender. He, He picks pockets. He plays the lanes really well. He is somebody who should be getting you two, maybe even more on some days, steals per game. So if you can get him at a discount, then he is somebody that I think you should target as well. So on to the schedule. Schedule this week. So the the teams that we've got with four games, we've got Atlanta, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Dallas, Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Memphis, Miami, Milwaukee, New York, Orlando, Phoenix, Portland, San Antonio, Toronto, and Washington. With the back-to-backs that come with that, so we've got Brooklyn, Chicago have got a back-to-back in a three-game week. Dallas, Denver have got a back-to-back in a three-game week. Detroit, Golden State, Houston, Miami, Milwaukee, Minnesota, again, back-to-back in a three-game week. New York, Philadelphia, and Phoenix. I would be a little bit concerned if I had oh, – apologies – Minnesota have got four games. I would was going to say I'd be concerned about my Minnesota players right now. Cats obviously out with with COVID related issues. Ricky Rubio is the same, so it's definitely Delo and Anthony Edwards are the ones to watch there. I wouldn't be surprised if they had to skip a couple of games because of numbers. So definitely watch that space. I wouldn't necessarily be streaming any of those players, um, nor would I be streaming players teams that they're playing against either. On to the streamers. So I like to to list the top five players that I've that are stream or owning worthy for this week under forty percent ownership. So if you can, this is this is via ESPN. So if you can get a couple of people for the start of the week, see how they go. If not, you can drop them. But there are some players here with some massive, massive potential for a massive week. 
and they could be sitting out there on your waiver wire. So the number one, maybe I'll go backwards. So Norman Powell. Norman Powell is owned in just 7.4% of leagues via ESPN. He is playing really, really good basketball at the moment. He is somebody who I have said for a little while that he's only he's a he's a hot hand and he's only due for a bit of a breakout. His season stats are 11.7 points and not much else and a steal. But over the last seven days, he's upped that a couple of points, but he's coming off the back of a 24-point game in 28 minutes. The minutes are always going to be the issue. If he can get minutes, he will produce. But one thing that Toronto have been struggling with is winning games. So they're going to mix things up. Boucher is obviously going to play some more minutes. You're going to see some different lineups with Norman Powell in there as well because they need some scoring options. Norman Powell is going to get some bulk minutes this week. 24 points, three rebounds, two assists. He's going to get you a steal. That's the sort of output that you're looking for for Norman Powell. So 7.4% of leagues have got him rostered. I guarantee you those are some really deep ones. He's placed four games this week. Make sure that you pick him up and run him because he's he's going to have a good week. Dustin Holiday. So he's the next one I've got. Dustin Holiday is owned in 18.1% of leagues on ESPN. They play. They only play three games this week, but I will say that he is in for a lot bigger usage now that Oladipo has gone. Obviously, they were expecting Karis Levert to come in. As I mentioned, unfortunately, he's out indefinitely. So Justin Holiday is somebody who looks really, really good and really primed for uh, a nice big usage uptick over the next probably season. They're going to get Jeremy Lamb back. He's somebody who you should definitely, definitely pick up. He's had... These past two seasons, he's had a, a top 80 finish and a top 55, 54 finish. And the usage is going to be enormous for him whenever he comes in. He's going to start slow, but he will pick it up. So definitely grab Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb for the upcoming week. Lonnie Walker, 27.6% usage on ESPN. Spurs play four games this week. I think that he is somebody worth having a look at. His last seven games... points, 2.5 triples. He's getting to the line four and a half times and he's draining them at 83%. He's not going to get you too much outside of that, but Pop is playing in minutes. He's getting 30 minutes a game. He is going to be somebody to definitely, definitely have a look at. Yes, DeRozan is back. Yes, that is going to take some minutes out of him, but keep in mind, they don't have any Derek White either. So he's going to be playing a little bit with Keldon Johnson to see who plays the more minutes. It'll change per each per game, but his his last three games, or sorry, three of his last four games, 25 points, 24 points, 16 points. Get him into your lineup. He looks really, really good for a streaming option. Will Barton, so he's the second person that I've got. So we are expecting Michael Porter Jr. back towards the end of the week. He's just finishing up some COVID-related uh, quarantining. So he will come back, but Will Barton has been looking really good in his stead. He's been playing some really big minutes. He's been averaging just under 31 minutes without him. And I do think that as much as Porter Jr. is going to come back into the side and definitely take some minutes away from Barton, Barton has proven that he can cement a a spot into this team, into this rotation. He's been averaging 14.7 points over the last seven days, 2.7 assists, 1.3 steals. He's looked really good. He's been averaging, as I mentioned, 31 minutes or just under 31 minutes a game over that stretch. 
even before that, he's averaging just under 30 minutes. He is just under the, the 40% ownership as we're talking. But yeah, he's somebody who you should definitely look at even as a long-term option because he knows how to play. A couple of years ago, he was somebody who, in fact, every single year, somebody who could get later in your drafts and would always outperform that draft position. So definitely have a look at Will Barton for this week, three games, as well as a longer-term option. And finally, the player you should all be watching is Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor has, as I was writing this, he was at 38.7% ownership on ESPN. I'm not going to bother reading out his stats because he has only just gone into the starting lineup with Nurk down, but I will read out one game. So played 29 minutes against Atlanta, had 12 points, 15 rebounds, two steals and five blocks. Now, Enos Cantor is not a good defender, so he's not going to continue those blocks. What he is great at is rebounds and putting it back in. He's probably top three in the league for offensive rebounds. So if you are a side that is struggling in field goal, you are a side that needs some rebounds, have a look at Enos Cantor. I think he should be owned in most leagues, unless it's a really, really, really shallow league. Have a look at Enos Cantor. In fact, pick up Enos Cantor. If he's on your waiver wire, grab him because he's going to have a massive role over the next eight weeks while Nurkic is out. The other one worth monitoring, and they haven't given him a timeline, would be CJ McCollum. So CJ McCollum has rolled his ankle. They've ruled him out a couple of games in advance, which is a little bit scary. It's going to be a massive, massive workload for Dame Lillard, but he needs somebody else there. So have a look at Gary Trent Jr. and Anthony Simons. I would be leaning more towards Gary Trent Jr. He has a little bit more to offer. Uh, He's proven that he's a, a, a decent scorer. Anthony Simons, He's still probably a year, year and a half off being a a really, really good player. So I would look at Gary Trent Jr. But Norman Powell, Justin Holiday, Lonnie Walker, Will Barton, and definitely Enos Cantor are the, the five guys to look at this week. That's pretty much all I've got for you there, guys. Thank you again for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Fantasyland. I'm now on Stitcher, so jump on to Stitcher rate and review and thanks again for listening.